Hey everybody, it is Dean Z speaking to you from my basement. I am very excited about this episode, both because I think there will be some useful information in there for you, very practical stuff, but also because if I make it through this successfully, I am pretty sure I'm going to have a new career in NASA or something because I'm using my phone, my laptop, I'm on Zoom and recording on my phone. I'm going to screen share and I'm going to get on the internet and I'm going to use Excel. So I'm going to be pretty amazing, assuming it all goes well. This is my third take though. So we don't know if it's all going to go well. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. All right. Let's begin. This is the time of year where um, you're going to start hearing from law schools. Um, we already talked about sometimes they're not going to let you in, but some of them are going to let you in and you're going to have some choices to make. And there will be a few minutes where you let yourself, I hope, be very happy about having been admitted to whatever schools you're getting admitted to. But then your mind is probably going to go pretty quickly to where am I going to go? Now, there are many things to be taken into account in making that decision, not least of which is feelings. You should be choosing a school where you can be happy. But some of it is going to be data. You're going to want to think about cold, hard facts. So where do you get the facts? Uh, schools put information on their website uh, called, it's, we call these 509 disclosures. The ABA has a rule. 509 uh, that says law schools have to publish certain consumer, important consumer information. Um, and so you can see each school's information on their website, but you probably are going to want to compare stuff. And schools obviously don't put the information about their competitor schools on their website. So you're going to have to find that for yourself. And I am here to help you with that process. Okay, so now I'm going to share my screen, abarequireddisclosures.org, all one word, .org. This is where you're going to come to get the information. So let us look first 509 disclosures. There's also employment outcomes and bar passage outcomes. They are uh, produced by law schools at different times of the year. So um, they are broken up by the ABA. So this top part right here that shows you individual schools. So you'd say like, all right, 2020, uh, what did Akron's school, what did Akron's information look like? I wonder if Akron gets like some kind of bonus um, in applications because they're at the top of the alphabet. Anyway, but that's all information that I said is on everybody's website individually. What you want is this compilation all schools data down here for 2020. You can see it is broken up into various categories of information. Um, let us look at, let's say, I don't know, what do we want to look at? Let's say first year class. Generate the report. I want to point out that this is a very slow website. So if you were thinking, um, there's something wrong with your computer. It is not you. And I also want to say, if you are impatient like me, uh, you're going to get multiple copies of the document. So try to be patient. Okay, let's go to this document. Enable editing. Okay, so this shows you every school in the United States of America. It shows you how many applications they got, 
how many offers they made, uh, how many people they accepted, how many people enrolled, um, and things like that. And this shows 25th percentile LSAT, 50th percentile LSAT, and more. Lots and lots of information. Um, come to think of it, it tells you how many people took the GMAT, how many people took the ACT and enrolled, GRE, all this. Um, come to think of it, though, it is not particularly fascinating uh, for people who are trying to make up their minds about what school to go to. This is perhaps more useful information, this particular report, when you're thinking about where to apply. But um, you get the idea, like this is, an, this is a good starting point. So let's get out of this one though. Uh, and then let us go uh, back to the 509 page and look for something else, something a little more interesting. Let's try, let's do attrition. Let's do attrition. Okay, so here you are uh, with the academic attrition spreadsheet. Um, you can see that this first column is called ACAD attrition underscore other HISP JD1 total. The ABA does not necessarily clearly label things, but what this means is how many people in the JD first year class who are Hispanic but aren't Mexican-American or Puerto Rican-American, I believe, uh, were left Attrition means how many of them dropped out? How many of people dropped out from the 1L class? Now, if you could, you can filter this, right? So that you're just picking out the schools you are interested in. Um, obviously, you're interested in Michigan. Um, and you could see, okay, they're not really losing many people here. But if you had, um, if you had a lot of action in here, you might be concerned about that. So it, whether a given um, sheet is use, uh, useful to you or not is going to depend on what schools you're looking at and your particular values. So um, let's go back and look at another category. Let's look at employment outcomes. Everybody's interested in those. So now you'll notice that this is for 2019 rather than 2020. And because as I said, um, some information comes out at different times of year for employment information. We don't have to tell the ABA that information, I think till April, about 10 months after graduation, and they give you a couple of weeks to compile it. And then it takes them a couple more months to put it all together in their, these big spreadsheets. So they won't have 2020 information available for some time yet, but that's okay. The information doesn't tend to vary hugely year to year. So I think you are fine um, looking at the 2019 data um, or better yet here's what I like to do sometimes I like to compile uh, multiple years and take averages I am a gigantic dork and you may not be that interested in this but think about it okay now let's go back to look at the employment information and again you're seeing every school in America you could just pick out the ones that you are most interested in um, it will tell you all kinds of information. How many, this first column is employed bar passage required FTLT, full-time long-term. It'll have full-time short-term, part-time long-term, part-time short-term. It has every possible iteration, tell you the entire number employed. Um, it will, you can also learn from this um, 
chart, how many people uh, went to different kinds of practices. So for example, here's solo, full-time, long-term. That's how many people from this a given school started their own practice. Uh, and then it'll show you different sizes of firms. So 11 to 25, that's a smaller firm. And then if you keep scrolling, 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 you'll get to the 501 size firm, FTLT, that's full-time, long-term, big law, as uh, the kids today like to call it. I call them larger law firms, but you know, I understand that ship has sailed. Call this big law now. Anyway, and then it also has lots of information about, um, you know, government employment, public interest, and so on and so forth. Super useful if you are wondering, like, here's what I want to do. Do, do they produce people in these fields? Um, and again, you can, many schools will um, put this uh, on their website for themselves, but you want to be able to compare it. So you want to cut and paste this into a new document with the schools that you care about. It also, I will point out, tells you about geography, like what's the biggest market for this firm, for this school, what's the second biggest market, and so on. The other thing you need to know, though, is um, the numbers are of limited utility unless you know the size of the graduating class. One of the other documents that the ABA makes available uh, will will give you that information in the 509 reporters uh, reports rather. So you can really knock yourself out putting all this in one big document, and uh, you know you say number of people in a big law firm versus number of people graduating. You divide by the number of people graduating, that tells you whatever, 50% of the people went to a big law firm. Maybe that makes you happy. Maybe that makes you unhappy. That is for you to decide. I'm just here to tell you how to get the facts. Extremely, extremely useful tool. All right. Um, have some fun with that. And that is all I have on that topic. Cut, close that. And I want to talk to you. Come closer. Yes. I want to talk to you about grammar. Uh, specifically, let's talk today about apostrophes because they are overused and used erroneously in so many ways. So, um, Let's think of specifics. I mean, everyone, I think, is probably aware of the, um, you know, people saying IT apostrophe S, which is it is, when they really mean ITS, which is the possessive of its. That's very tricky. Uh, but, you know, there, there are lots of times um, where people just throw in apostrophes for no apparent reason. So say you're talking about, every, uh, um, I have this doctor's appointment on Tuesdays. Sometimes people then put an apostrophe on Tuesdays. It's a, it's a plural. It doesn't need an apostrophe. Apostrophes are either for showing possession uh, or, or for when you are, you know, squeezing a word together. So have not, you need an apostrophe there when you're making it haven't. Um, yeah, another time people misuse these um, when you are using someone's name um uh, 
and you're making it possessive. So if you're saying Dean Zierfoss's grammar section on the blog is pretty tedious, you need to spell it Zierfoss apostrophe S. You don't just say Zierfoss apostrophe. Um, I, there is a grammar book that lots of people know about, Strunk and White, Elements of Style. I don't love that book, but I do think it does a really good job of talking about apostrophes and possessives. So I uh, commend you to that book if you are interested in a fuller discussion. Uh, otherwise, just uh, be wary of your apostrophe use. Yeah. Okay, that's all I got. Thank you so much for watching, as always. And actually, let me make a special extra heartfelt thank you because uh, I don't I don't actually read the comments in the um, on the YouTube channel. I I worry that there will be something mean in there, and it will, you know take my joy of living away and I will never be able to do another um, vlog. So I don't look. And I also don't look because if it's nice, I don't want to get, I don't need a big head. You know, um, people are always nicer to me than I deserve because they're interested in getting into law school. So I don't need to feed that problem any more than it already is. But every once in a while, uh, and Dustin knows that I don't like to see these too much because yeah, I just don't want to get, like I say, a fat head. But every once in a while, I'm having a bad day. And I feel like Dustin has the sixth sense where he knows, like, this is the day where Sarah needs to see uh, some nice comments. And then, miraculously, the comments uh, are pasted into an email. And it is so gratifying to know that um, this is a useful resource for many of you. I'm, I'm so glad to hear it. So, thank you. And... Um, I hope it will continue to be so. I have a few ideas for the next several episodes, but if you have some requests, please email us at law.jd.admissions at umich.edu or put them in the comments below and Dustin will pass them on. Uh, okay, so thanks as always to the miraculous Dustin Johnston who makes this possible and wherever you go, go blue.